Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Well, hey guys, here we are, episode five. Good morning. Yes, bye. Good morning. I am Adam Diamond. I'm an intern with Mile One Mission. I'm Matt Leahy. I'm a church planter with Mile One Mission. And this is David Drover again, also an intern at Mile One. And if you listen to our past four episodes, you would know that we are missing Mr. Stephen Da, but that's because he is preaching this week. So we feared we'd give him the uh, this episode off. Yep. How thoughtful of us. Hey, bye. All right. So this week, we're going to talk about church planting because, you know, we said that this theology podcast is also about church planting. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah. Mm. So, uh, Matt, you are the church planter candidate for Milewood Mission and for an area of the city called Kilbride. Mm. So far, you're our only candidate. I'm trying to work my way up into your, you know, to your level. You'll get there. <laughs> you will. Yeah, we're in time. Um, so, I know you have a bit of a story to even how you even got to Newfoundland. So, why don't you? Why don't we open up and you tell us about you know where you were living at the time that you thought about coming back to Newfoundland. Sure. Uh, but, you know, to explain how I came back to Newfoundland to church plant, I have to talk about how I came to faith, right? Because that, that, that sets a whole lot of context for, for why I'm here, right? Yeah, sure. So I just, I'm going to rewind. I'll try to do this really quick. Um, so back in the early 2000s, I was, uh, I had just left a, a pretty serious relationship Um and in, in the span of, of six months, uh, you know, dealing with, with that and also dealing with some um, yeah, really painful uh, family issues, um, I found that I was searching and searching for, for meaning in life, you know, trying to answer, you know, what's, what's the meaning of life, uh, trying to figure out the bigger questions. Uh, and and I, I turned to the Bible, right? So um, you, did, you didn't just Google it? No, no. Or, or Yahoo answers or anything? I don't even know if Google existed then. Yahoo? Early, two, like 2002. Did Google exist? I don't know. Ask Jeeves. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. Um, so <laughs> Dave's like, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at, at the time, I was actually uh, living in a place uh, on, on the southern shore uh, of Newfoundland, which is kind of south of St. John's. Um, and, and this little community had, you know, maybe 900 people, right? Uh, no church, uh, no evangelical church, uh, no gospel presence in the community. Uh, and in fact, if I wanted to, even today, right, um, almost, you know, 20 years later, I, I would still have to drive an hour, almost an hour north to, to see any sort of Bible preaching church um, in this part of Newfoundland. And so I, I come to faith in the early 2000s uh, in, in this little community of, of 900 and this this place isn't conducive uh, in in the general sense of the word to mature as a christian right there's there's no church um there's there's no faith community no fellowship happening and and so for for the first you know 2 years of my of my walk i i found i was uh learning about you know christianity and jesus and and all that kind of good stuff over a 56k dial-up modem, right? Um, using internet chat rooms and just searching 
anything that I could find about Christianity. So I, I literally, all I had was a Bible and 56K connection to the internet. And, and so that went on for about, you know, two years, just me learning um, through the internet. Uh, and, and so eventually I moved to St. John's and I got, you know, tangled up with, with a bunch of uh, Christian brothers and sisters and really grew into, um, in, in my journey with Christ. And so that's a bit of the, the context, right? So uh, this little community, no evangelical church, uh, no gospel presence, uh, internet. Um, God used the internet to, to reach out. Um, and so anyway, fast forward, you know, 2012, I'm working in Southern Ontario. And I, my, the company I'm working for is going through some pretty significant layoffs, right? And so I'm, I'm also newly married to my to my wife, and we're kind of looking at the situation and thinking, you know, maybe we should consider doing something else because I could very well be on the chopping block for losing my job. Bum, bum, bum. I know, right? And so we pray and we, we seek God, and through the thick and thin of it all, we end up moving back to Australia. My wife is is from Australia. And, and so from 2012 to uh, 2018... Um, we were in, in Australia, right? We okay, so that's six years. Six years. In so Australia. give us your best Australian, your lingo, your accent. Just hit us. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Come on. No. <laughs> I want to, but I just, I think of my wife's face and just the look she would give me if I even tried. And so I, yeah, no, not happening. Okay, what's something you would say on a regular basis down there though? I, know. I, see, I see what you're doing. You always say this, Matt. Oi. Oh yeah, that's right. Oi! Yeah, he hasn't right? said a, lot, a whole lot recently, though. No, that's right. So if I want to get my daughter's attention, I'll be like, "Oi!" Right? And so, anyway, so we were in, we're in Australia, and um, you know, one day I, I kind of had this weird thought pop up in my head to maybe go to Bible college, and you know, I've I've always been I always wanted to you know learn more about God and about theology and um and all that kind of good stuff, and so I. I did it. I just, I enrolled in a Bible college and I thought it was for my own, you know, personal growth. Yeah. So you didn't do it with the intention of, I'm going to be a pastor after this. No. And, and in fact, in fact, when, when I was a, 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 a newer Christian, um, as I was learning about the Bible, I, I remember saying three dis- distinct things to God. I said, God, I would never become a missionary. I would never go to Bible college and I would never be a pastor. Right. <laughs> Never say never to God. Then. Um, right? We, we've done it a couple times. We said uh, one thing. We'd never want to live in Stephenville, which is on the mm. west coast of Newfoundland. I can see why. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> much love to Stephenville. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a weird culture. So right quickly, uh, Stephenville is a mixture. They had an American base. So it's a mixture of Americans with some French, uh, indigenous, and then also some, a little bit of Newfoundland. So it's a really weird spot even for Newfoundland. And my wife worked there at the time. We were living in Cornerbrook. And uh, eventually we just we just moved into Stephenville so that she wouldn't have to drive back and forth to work so much. And, yeah, the whole time we were like, yeah, we never want to live in Stephenville. We're never moving there. Little did we know within a few months of saying that, oh, look, we're living in Stephenville. Living in Stephenville. Mm-hmm. And then God says, hold my glass of water. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you, we, you say like, no. It's, it's almost like, I mean, I know... God is sovereign and all that, but you know, sometimes I like to imagine that whenever we say never, God's like, oh, <laughs> write that one yeah, down. Write that one down. <laughs> and, and so, and that's what I did. Like, you know, 
unbeknownst to my uh, uh, to my ability to see into the future, which I, I can't actually, I can barely figure out what I can have for supper most days. Um, I said no to God for three three specific things, and so here I am in, in Bible college. I'm like, all right, well that one's you know, that one's now checked off. Um, and so I'm going through Bible college and I, I kind of, as I'm going through it, you know, my heart is softening, my heart is changing towards, uh, you know, what God's heart is and his heart is the great commission. Yes. He, he's all about rescuing and saving people and bringing dead people, spiritually dead people to life and physically. I mean, I guess he did it with Lazarus and other people, but yeah. So anyway, saving people. And so I, I kind of feel like, you know what, um, if, if this is what's important to God, then maybe it's something I should be important about, or maybe that it should be important to me, I should say. And so I'm nearing the end of, of Bible college and uh, in Australia, and that's uh, around 20, uh, 2016. Uh, and, and so in, in conjunction with that, uh, my middle child is also born around the same time, around towards the, uh, at the end of 2016. And so she's born, and and then my mom comes over from from Canada to visit, and my mom played a big part in in us coming back to Canada to church plant, right? So my mom is from the same uh, community that I'm from on the southern shore, and and when she came over to Australia, she started coming to our church. She's only here for four weeks, so three out of the four weeks she came to the church we were attending uh, in Brisbane, and I saw things happening to her. Um, I saw the Holy Spirit working in her life, causing her to have a, a softer heart. She would often say things like, I, I felt like God was speaking directly to me in this sermon, or that was exactly what I needed to hear. And, and so... So that was stuff that she had never experienced before. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Um, and so I'm seeing, you know, God working in her life in ways that I have never seen in the past, you know, 16 years of me being a Christian. And and so I'm like, Lord, keep, keep working, keep doing it, right? And then it comes time for her to go back to Canada. And so we dropped her off at the airport on a Sunday and we had enough time to get back to uh, back to church on, on the Sunday morning. And I remember just getting back to church and sitting in my chair uh, and just weeping, like just absolutely weeping because I knew the environment that my mom was going back to. And I knew that the conditions weren't conducive for her to learn. And so, and that's not me trying to discredit uh, what God can and can't do, but I, I just, I knew from my experience that it would be very difficult for her to, you know, to learn. Yeah, it's not like she could, you know, um, just walk up the road a few minutes and there's a, you know, Bible teaching, gospel preaching church there. Mm. She would have to not only drive into the city, but then try and figure out, okay, what church in the city do I want to go to and where do I even start? Absolutely, right? Uh, and and so we, we send her back. She she gets back to Canada, and she has this. 
she wants to keep attending a church, right? And so we're, we're trying to find churches for her to attend. And uh, I have a, you know, a really close friend that kind of came to faith at the same time as I did back in the early 2000s. And she was attending uh, this one church here in St. John's. And we got in contact with her and we said, hey, would you kind of bring mom along with you? And so that kind of uh, happened for a little while. Um, but it, it was really just seeing the change in my mom when she came and she was attending a church that was actually preaching the gospel, right? Uh, and I thought to myself, if that's how one person feels from this place, then h- how many more feel like that? Absolutely. And I, I felt like, uh, like I, I literally sat there in my chair weeping and saying, Lord, here I am, right? S- like, use me, send me. And so from there, you know, through what I would say would be like, you know, pretty crazy, miraculous things, uh, financial, you know, political, uh, logistical. God set us on a journey to, to come back and plant a church in Newfoundland. And so, so how did you, uh, how'd your wife, Ruth, how'd she, uh, how'd she feel about this move? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So as, as I was having these, uh, thoughts and feelings, um, we actually never spoke about it directly. Uh, you know, we, we talked about how sad it was for my mom to go back to Canada and how we wished that she could, you know, uh, find a church that she could attend. But we never really spoke about, you know, the idea of us going back. It was kind of something at that time that I kept internal because I wanted to rationalize. Like, is this, is this just foolishness? Am I just... Yeah, am I just getting emotional right now? Yeah, right, exactly. really God or is it just me? Yeah, and so I needed to figure that out internally because if if God was calling me back to Newfoundland, sixteen thousand kilometers away, with uh, you know two young girls and a, and a and a and my wife, then there's a whole lot of things that go into moving international. We did it once in 2012 with just the two of us, but now four of us. So anyway, um, we we hadn't spoken about it, you know, directly. And then you know weeks had passed, and I, I kind of sat down with my wife and I said, you know what, I think. I think God's calling me back to, back to Newfoundland to plant a church. <laughs> and she said, I think that's what he's asking me to do as well. And so she, we, we, we talked and it was just like, it was just the surreal moment where both of us individually had been, you know, feeling God calling us back to Newfoundland and yeah, then yeah. we come together and, and both our hearts are in the same spot, and so are our minds. And so, yeah, that's kind of how we got back to Newfoundland. That's pretty. That's a pretty cool story, man. Mm. That uh, God would use your mother like that and just help you realize, you know, there's there is a need here back where you're from. Uh, you don't necessarily have to go. Well, uh, technically, I guess you did have to go overseas. Yeah, but, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, for us. Here, like me and Dave, like we don't have to necessarily go overseas to do missions. Uh, I mean, we can say anywhere outside your door is a mission field, but you know, as we say at Mawa Mission, uh, St. John's, Newfoundland is literally less than 1% attending evangelical. Mm. We have a literal mission field outside our store, outside no, our door right. here. For sure. So, your community, mm-hmm. uh, Kilbride, interesting name. People usually, uh, People who have visited us usually, uh, bride. You, know, you know, raise one eyebrow or something, be like, what, what? So, uh, tell us about this community and why Kilbride. 
so why Kilbride is an, I'll, I'll talk about why Kilbride, then I'll talk about the community, and that's that's an interesting story as well. So when we came back to Newfoundland, we were living uh, back in in the community where I was from until we can get set up here in, in the city, uh, and so we literally had no preference on where we wanted to live. Um, we just said, Lord, you just wherever you want us to move to, you make it possible. Um, and so we we had looked at a bunch of listings for places to rent, uh, and we actually uh, applied for two different spots. And so we had, you know, a time set up on, on a particular night to go see one spot, and then, you know, an hour later to go on over to the other spot. And so as we're driving to this first location, I don't even know where it was anymore, um, but the other one was in Kilbride. Uh, and so as we're driving to the first location, my... I was driving and my wife got an email and said, you know, sorry, we're not, it's not available for rent anymore. And so we're like, okay, well, let's head on over to this, to this other spot in Kilbride. And so we, we get there and I go and knock on the door and I realize it's actually a good buddy of mine who owns the place uh, that I've known for, you know, the past 20 years. And so we're, we're chatting and the house is, is beautiful. It's great for a small family. And I, I said to him, like, well, if, if it's okay with you and, and if everything works out, we'll, we'll take it, right? So we had two interviews, uh, not interviews, but two places to go look at. One fell through, and then this other one just so happened to be there and available. Right? Best Buy, and it was your good friend. And it was a good friend of mine, yeah. right? So that's, that's crazy enough as it is. And so anyway, we, we settled on the house, and we're, we're renting it, and then I'm talking to... Um, Pastor Steve Bray of Calvary Baptist uh, about where we lived and he gets this little spurk on his face. I can still I can still see it, you know, almost two years later. See the gears turning in his head and his mind, right? Absolutely. <laughs> he, yeah, absolutely. And so I tell him, we're, you know, we're, we're living in Kilbride and he's like, I don't know if you, I, he's like, I don't, I don't think I've ever told you this before, right? But that's one of the spots where we want to plant a church. So even from the get-go, right, one of mile one's uh, locations to plant a church was in Kilbride. And so it's just another example of God orchestrating things for for his glory, right? Yeah, I mean, from, from the other side, we could just be like, oh, it just so happened. Right, just but, so happened. But then you look back, it's like, no, this fits together too well. Right, and that, oh, it's so, so good, right? <laughs> like I, sometimes I just sit back and I, I look at the, the last, you know, eight years. You know, eight years, and... um. I just, I see God's hand over everything from calling us back to Australia to me going to Bible college to him bringing, you know, mom over to Australia to attend our church and to see her heart softening and, and breaking and, and then sending her back and just the, the reality of the environment she was living in and then coming back to Canada and getting a spot in Kilbride and then knowing that after the fact that Kilbride was one of the first areas that mile one wanted to plant a church in and it just god works all things for the good of those that love him those called according to his purpose there you go <laughs> make sure we get that right <laughs> <laughs> right is that what james says no that's what uh paul says in romans <laughs> let's get our authors right too <laughs> uh yeah so what about what's this community like what's kilbride like is it is it uh have you heavily populated? What are people like? Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a bedroom community. What I what I mean by that is that uh, it's it, it's a sleepy community. There's lots and lots of families. Lots. They, they and lots don't wake of, up much. No. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, that's a really good analogy for for faith. I'm going to hold on to that. Um, lots of young families, um, but there's there's not a lot happening there, and that's what I mean by sleepy community. Uh, there's one Tim Hortons. There's a gas station. There's a couple of industrial businesses. Um, lots of farms, but uh, apart from that, uh, it's it's a highly residential community. And I, I think if you if you go from the the community center and go outwards, you know, even three kilometers, you start to see around, you know, 10,000 people, 11,000 people in a three kilometer radius, which is, it's crazy to think about. That's a highly jam packed like area for, for people to, uh, to live in. Um, and honestly, it's a great spot to live, you know, as with any community, it, it does have its, uh, have its unique, uh, challenges. Um, but for the most part, it, it's a pretty quiet neighborhood. But I think the most important thing, I, you know, when you when you talk to people about, uh, you know, what, what's what, what's what's missing in the community as far as you know doing doing church and stuff like that. There's no church here, right? There hasn't been a church in Kilbride since the early 1900s. Um, so we have a community of upwards of what eleven thousand people. Yep. And no church, not not even like a Catholic or Anglo, Ang, bleh, not even Ang, yeah, I'm not even trying Anglican. to say. Anglican. <laughs> so people can't say aluminum. I can't say Ang- aluminium. Yeah. <laughs> Anglican. So that's yep. that's pretty significant to have mm. that size of a community yep. uh, within a three kilometer radius and have nothing. Yeah, and like if even like just go one step further, like I was talking earlier, how I'm from this little place on the southern shore. Well, that's, you know, about an hour away. Uh, so anyone who comes into St. John's uh, and looks for a church, like, they're, they're not going to find one. And if you go even further, like, you, you could literally go from St. John's and go three hours south uh, on the southern shore, and you're not going to find any Bible-preaching, gospel-centered church. Uh, and, and so, uh, like, one of the reasons why, why I like the idea of planting in, in Kilbride is because a we're, we're, we want to bring God's kingdom to it. Uh, we want to see a church started. We want to see a fellowship started. But it's also giving people who live even farther away the opportunity to come and attend a church that you know preaches the gospel and is biblically centered. So mm. that's great. Uh, so uh, actually, myself and Dave have served on the lead team for planting. Uh, Kilbride Community yes. Church with you. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we have our own experiences. So, Dave, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit, like, what what are your thoughts on Kilbride? Yeah, I mean, a lot of my thoughts would be similar to Matt. I mean, of course, there's there's not as much going on as other neighborhoods in the city. For instance, I mean, obviously, the big one that probably has the most things going on would be downtown. Um, but even in other areas, there's really nothing in Kilbride apart from that Tim Hortons, the Irving, and a couple of very small local restaurants that I, I don't even know if you can really sit down and eat in them, like the Chinese. No, and I don't the, think so. Yeah, I think they're just takeout. Um, so yeah, it's, but it is a very nice, like looking community. Like when you go in there, there's definitely a wide range of um, housing options and those kinds of things. And um, it's it's got a beautiful view. Correct me if I'm wrong in this, but isn't the the name Kilbride itself um, some kind of Celtic or Irish for on the hill or something of that sort? I think. Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. Town on a hill. Yeah. Right? So and it is on a hill. So if you actually go up like towards the top of Kilbride, I mean, it's a beautiful view. 
um, of St. John's and just a gorgeous um, look of the city and, and of the neighborhood itself. And the other thing that I think has been really cool for us is, and especially for me as I've been kind of a part of the very beginnings, um, because I started a little bit before you, Adam, and I can remember the first day when we went in Matt's basement and kind of just sat down and was like, so how yeah. do we plant a church? Now what do we do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think of that and even the the steps we've come and how far we've come already, and it's only been a short amount of time. Um, but yet, of course, there's still so much to do. Um, but it's been really a, a big blessing to already develop a few connections, um, especially with the community center. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only other thing that we haven't talked about much is the, the Kilbride Community Center. Um, where they have lots of events and things like that. And I feel like most of the neighborhood, from what we can tell, um, at least kind of all the events and things that do happen kind of run through that. Out of the center itself. Community center, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting spot. Uh, Like you said, Dave, I joined the team later on and uh, felt my own call to plant the church. So it's been great to serve on this team and see what it's like to be on the ground in a spot where it's literally ground zero. Mm. It's not like we can even, you know, uh, borrow Christians from another church or, you know, pull, there's no, there's no low hanging fruit that we could draw in. We're starting literally from the ground up. Sure. And, uh, it's, it's been interesting. Uh, before we started this, we were talking about, uh, Tim Hortons, uh, before this whole global pandemic happened, uh, I would, we would take, uh, days of the week and work from that Tim Hortons. No, actually, hold on, just not to cut, don't mean to cut you off, but for our friends who might not live in Canada, what's Tim Hortons? It is a coffee and donut shop, so kind of like Dunkin' Donuts. It's Canada in a coffee shop. Mm. Yeah, I would, I think I would, I'm not big fans of Tim's coffee anyways, but I think I would take their coffee over Dunkin' Donuts, but I would take Dunkin' Donuts, donuts, I think, over Tim Hortons donuts. No, that's fair. That's fair, but it, but but I mean, it's Tim Hortons. Doesn't matter what the food's like; it's Tim Hortons. Yeah, you're Canadian. still gonna get it. Like <laughs> you're driving down the road, you see the Tim Hortons. Let's get some Timmies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so we sit down and work work from there with our laptops. We had a few meetings there as a team, and man, we would get some looks from people who were just like, "What are these guys about?" And I can remember a couple times we would notice Matt would point out to me and be like, <laughs> "You'd be like, hey, this guy, like, look over there." This guy, he, like, they're not taking our eyes off of us. Like, and we would yeah. be talking about church, or we would be talking about the gospel, and and, and quite openly too. Yeah, and yeah. loud enough so that they could hear. But we would notice that they would just not look away or not, you know, look elsewhere. Yeah. Like they would just tune in exactly what we we're saying. Yeah. Never approach us, and we'll probably be extremely weird if we approach them. Yeah. But they were listening. Well, that 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 speaks to you know the the mentality of of a lot of Newfoundlanders when it comes to church, right? There's this cautious um, interest in it, right? And and there's there's reasons for that. I mean, yeah, that's another podcast why Newfoundlanders are cautiously interested in, in church, but... We're suspicious by... Yeah, suspicious. Yeah, so. I think to quote Michael Scott, I'm not superstitious, I'm just a little stitious. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, so church plant. You you guys are in uh, Matt's basement. I join you later. Uh, tell us, you know, what were the first few months like? Tell us what you did to reach out because how how long have you been? You know, would you say uh, you've been trying to get uh, K 
Kilbride Community Church off the ground? How long have you been doing this actively? I think we're still trying to get it off the ground. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so like, if we want to talk about putting dates to when we started stuff, um, I think it was end of May last year when we first, when Dave and I first met. Or early no, June? No, I think it would it would have been... Well, I started June 1st. Was it? Yeah, I think I kind of officially started around April 25th. But I was also kind of finishing up school, so I was kind of like half studying, half working. Well, I think um, it'd I think it'd be fair to say it was probably somewhere in between April and June. Yeah, first, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason why I say that is because actually today, this time last year, we did our first prayer walk mm, for Kilbride. Yeah. So I, I know that was kind of at the beginning, right? Yep. Um, tell us about that prayer walk. It's been it's been a year. So tell us, you know, what what, what was that prayer walk? Prayer walk, like, how did that go? Uh, it was. I th- leading up to it, I remember myself being nervous, right? Because the reality of of planting was starting to become real. So up to that point, it was kind of, you know, theoretical. And But now it's, here I am um, leading people to pray for a church that I so desperately want to see planted, right? And so uh, I, was, I was nervous leading up to it. And then, but on the night, it was fantastic. I think we had 38 people from Calvary Baptist come out. And that was so encouraging, right? That was so, so encouraging. I, I, I had no idea who would show up. Um, but to see that 38 people, almost 40 people came out to walk the streets of Kilbride and just pray for it. It was, um, it was amazing. That's great. I can yeah. remember that night, actually. We had really good weather, too. Yeah, like... It was probably the only good day in all of 2019. Yeah, the weather we have, we for those listening, like Newfoundland, it, when we have good weather, we have good weather. But, you know, summer is usually late getting here. This year is an exception. We've had fantastic weather so far. Uh, but uh, usually this time of June, it's still fairly, fairly cool, fairly rainy. So it was even a blessing even for the weather that night. No, absolutely. Um, but just just going back, so I, I don't want to get too far off, off this off track, but you asked, uh, you know, what are some of the things that we did in the early days? And um, after Adam had come on board with mile one and started getting, uh, you know, involved with KCC, one of the first things we tried to do was an alpha program, right? Um, And so, Dave, do you want to talk about alpha and how we uh, got prepared for it, some of the things that we did to engage with the community, um, how it went during the 10 weeks, and then how many people actually came out to it? Tell, tell us about Alpha and then when we're doing Beta. <laughs> well, I don't know about Beta, but yeah, no, for sure. I can I can chime in for a little bit. I think um, it was certainly a big eye-opener, I think, for all of us when we did it. Because, I mean, this was, we probably started developing this thought of doing Alpha probably around when Adam started and we kind of walked through over the whole summer. So Adam started in about June, so then it was kind of like, June, July, August, um, and even a little bit of the first week or two of September where we really um, developed a strategy, a plan to advertise and these kinds of things. And with that, you know, by the time August, September rolled around, we had a Facebook page, we had a logo and all this good stuff, kind of some of the groundwork for um, putting KCC's name out there. Well, actually also coming up with the name Kilbride Community Church was, was a big deal, right? So we had some of these things kind of laid out and what we decided to do is probably one of the best ways that we thought to actually get into the neighborhood without being 
weird or, or kind of sketchy, right? Um, we decided to email, or not email, mail out postcards, um, basically just saying this is like the, the alpha website had these little postcards that you could print off and you could put your own info on there. So we just kind of took that um, and then we post, we mailed out, sorry, what was it, 2,600 cards? Yeah, I think cards? it was 2,600. Yeah, about 2,600 26. postcards. So every, every home in Kilbride got one. Um, and we did that two or three times, I think, throughout the... F- hey, and that, sorry to interrupt, that'll tell yeah, you yeah. something. 2,600 houses, 11,000 people. I can't do math, but... Right? I feel like that's a lot of people in such small houses. <laughs> three to four. Three to four. That, that's why I'm not a math guy. <laughs> <laughs> so actually uh, four or five but anyways you no know, anyone listening you know one of matt's definitely weaknesses is math <laughs> uh, it's all good but but yeah so <laughs> so getting back to alpha so we did this we we had posted a bunch of videos in kcc we had done like the whole facebook boosting thing um we, we had gotten whoever we knew in the community we reached out to them anybody who was around um, so we were all, we were pretty excited, I think for that first, first alpha session, we kind of modified it too, to kind of fit just the first four months. Cause we weren't really sure what the biome was going to be like and that kind of thing. But we were, we were really hoping, I think, and praying, you know, we had done the prayer walk and things like that, that God would use this to kind of give us some, some initial, um, I guess by and, and some initial contacts and things like that, where we could really start spreading the gospel in that neighborhood. And, we showed up on the first day and nobody else showed up apart from two very faithful members of Calvary, uh, which we were so thankful for. Um, but we had nobody from the community come. And I think there was definitely a mindset of where that, that was hard to take in. But then there was also the mindset, well, this is what we signed up for. We knew this wasn't going to be easy and this is hard soil. And it was just a way of, of God really showing us that. And we continued on and on and on for, what was it, seven weeks? Yeah, seven weeks. And I think at that point, like, we were, we, were, we sat down. I remember in Tim Hortons, we were, we were sat down and we were saying, like, sh- should we do this? Like, is this something, like, should we continue with the remaining weeks of Alpha? Because nobody had come at that point. Right? I, like, I think there was a huge amount of discouragement going around. Especially, like, especially for me, the, the, the guy who's planning the church in, in, in the community <laughs> yeah. and not seeing anyone come out. But I think we all felt it, right? But I... We all said, no, we're going to do this. We, we, this is what we, we've set up to do. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, praise God, in the second last study that we had planned to do, we had one person um, from the community finally show up. And we're still in contact with them. And she's come out to a couple of other um, things that we've done, like the Christmas banquet and some other things. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're praying for her, hoping that we can share the gospel with her and those kinds of situations will keep coming and yeah we're, we're hoping to continue to do things coming on with small group studies and all that good stuff okay so big question now we end up 2019 on a good note uh you know after eight weeks or so we get one person we i, I we were so excited when the we when she reached out and she actually came to the study so that was fantastic we start 2020 we get some plans on the go. Uh, we even have a church from Picture Butte, Alberta, who was going to do a missions trip. They were going to fly down and help us with the uh, St. John's Royal Regatta. Uh, and was not listening. It's a 
old tradition here where we have uh, boat races and everyone just gathers around the lake. Uh, you, a lot of games, a lot of uh, food trucks, very exciting time. We were, we were going to have plans to have a booth set up. We were going to just like hit the city hard. And then COVID-19 and <laughs> everything shuts down and we can't meet. Uh, it just goes on and on. Eventually we have to cancel this missions trip. So, uh, Matt, tell me, what were your thoughts as this pandemic started to un- unroll and develop more in regards to your plans for Kilbride and Kilbride Community Church? Well, so um, there was a, a mix of, okay, what now? Right? Like, it's, it's hard enough for established churches to do church when you can't do church in the conventional sense, but here we are seven months in, we're still laying the foundation and we can't be in the community. We can't meet, we can't go and see people. Uh, so there is, there was a, a sense of, all right, let's throw the white flag up and say, okay, there's nothing we can do. Right. But then in the, in the same breath, there was this overwhelming sense of faith, Right. And so I really wrestled in the first, you know, few weeks of the pandemic, uh, thinking to myself, no, God called us back, right? And, and this, is, this is where I constantly have to come back to looking at what has happened from, you know, 2012 to 2020 and just seeing God's hand working upon us in a way to get us to this point. So there's, there's this, this, you know, almost a sense of defeat, but this on the other shoulder, like, no, this is what God has called us to. And I mean, I, I think that's, that's fair to say for anyone, whether you're a new pastor or you're a more seasoned pastor, that there's always that, you know, what do I do versus no, God called me to this. Um, and so, yeah, no, we, we, we pressed on and we did what we what we could do with with what the with what we had, and so all we had was uh, the internet. Again, God using the internet to to work, um, and so over the the last fourteen weeks, uh, I record I pre recorded some sermons for KCC, popped them up on on their Facebook on its Facebook page, uh, did kind of little devotionals and little weekly video encouragements, um, and then. You know, I just, I want to fast forward to about three weeks ago, and this is absolutely crazy, right? So we just talked about how when we ran Alpha, we had one person from the community come out and praise, praise God that, that she did. Um, and then, you know, COVID-19 hits and we're like, you know, well, what do we do now? And so I remember the three of us, we, we prayed. We, we came before the Lord about three weeks ago and, and we prayed and, and um, it wasn't anything, any kind of crazy prayer. It was you know, I, I felt personally pressed to come to God in prayer for KCC and for Kilbride. And so we did that. And within the course of, you know, five days, six completely random people from the community messaged us on, on KCC's Facebook page to say, you know, when are you guys meeting? When, it, when are services starting? When can we, you know, start worshiping? And so I'm thinking like, Lord, nothing can stop your kingdom, not, you know, not persecution, not famine, not 
pandemic, nothing, right? And so uh, from my, you know, earthly perspective, I'm like, how do we do church? How do we get the message out? And God's like, just hold up, hold up. I'm, I'm not done yet. And, uh, and so he, again, he uses the internet to reach out to people. And so that was, that was some crazy answer prayer. Yeah. So we, uh, I remember saying this to you guys, we had all these plans and then COVID-19 happened, pandemic, everything shuts down, which it, it needs to. Um, so it was almost, and we, we were disheartened for a bit. Like, uh, we had a lot of conferences we were going to promote Mile one mission. Those got canceled. Our, any plans of a study to connect with people got canceled and we're like what's going to happen like you said like this kind of defeat but also have place in our faith in god and be like okay, well, god like we had this huge community day event planned yeah right at the center itself to have bouncy castles and a barbecue and just a meet and greet and yeah bum bum, <laughs> right so. um yeah but so it's almost like god's like okay here's your plans but let me show you what my plans are and no, he's going to establish his church regardless. I mean, he will use us. But when we feel like we, we're boxing, we can't do anything, God can still move. Amen. And that, that's fantastic. So uh, we're getting pretty close to the end here. So very quickly, what, what does the future of KCC look like? Uh, taking into consideration the current pandemic, but also those connections that we now have for Kilbride Community Church? So I think for the for the next 12 months, um, so we're in, as of today, what's the date? June 26th, we're in alert level two as far as, you know, COVID-19 is concerned. And so um, we can meet to a certain extent um, with, you know, good social distancing practices. And so I, I would very much like to take these, uh, these you know, people who have reached out to us and say, you know, let's just get together. Let's do a meet and greet. And then maybe let's do some Bible study together, uh, you know, for the, for the next, you know, few weeks or few months. And I think in the long term, much like how we're planting Kilbride community church out of, you know, mile one mission and Calvary Baptist, I want to see more churches planted farther down on the Southern shore. Right. So that's like the five, 10 year, journey but um yeah listen right now sunny outside so the sky's the limit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay Uh, (laughs) i really had no idea where i was going with that (laughs) so um can i just i just throw in two i think one of the key things for the future of of kcc is we need more people to come and move into the community as interns to to work with Matt as kind of the long-term um, team for this church. I mean, me and Adam have functioned as that for, for the short term because we were very much an early going ministry. Um, but I know Adam feels the call to plant a church and I'm kind of still feeling out where I'm going to, to eventually end up. Um, so what one thing that you can definitely pray about and um, even consider if maybe you're feeling the call to plant a church or be a part of a church plant is is for people to come or maybe yourself to come here um, and potentially work with Matt, be a part of what God is doing here in Newfoundland, um, and hopefully, Lord willing, see a church from ground zero get started in a neighborhood where, you know, 12,000 people um, maybe not all get saved, but at least hear the gospel. 
Um, and I think that's really always what we really need to, to have that view of, is that these people need Christ, and without anybody going to preach the gospel, they're not going to not going to find him. So we need to go and, and treat it like a mission field. Absolutely. Amen. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mawin Mission. If you would like to know more about Mawin Mission and what work we do in Newfoundland, you can visit www.mawinmission.ca.